our philosophy on small cap stocks, we like holding a basket of about 25 small cap stocks and have the assumption that most of those are going to underperform the market. There has been a lot of emphasis on competition with Intel. We think both companies can thrive side by side. Many imply that this will be a winner takes all or winner takes most situation like in the past. Focus instead on the business model and return on investment. Welcome back to Chipstock Roadshow. Today, we're going to be talking about Airtest Systems, a small cap company that's developing test and burn-in equipment for silicon carbide chips. We'll also briefly discuss the recent monthly sales release for Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing and what that means for investors. Before we continue, make sure you hit the subscribe button and activate notifications so you don't miss a video. Also, just a reminder, we have been using charts and data from our friends at Main Street Data. If you want to analyze like us, a link is in the description for 10% off a premium subscription. Now on to air test systems for the first quarter fiscal 2024 earnings release. So before we delve into that, Casey, I just have a very brief rant about this. We know a lot of you have been anxious to hear about air test systems because uh, we were shareholders. We bought last October. And then as we have talked about in numerous videos in recent months, especially leading up to the last earnings report, we actually exited our position in air for a pretty tidy, more than 100% uh, return in, in less than a year. So I know a lot of you have been looking for our guidance on this, and I think hopefully not timing your buys and sells around what we do. Uh, please don't do that. There are going to be a lot of differing opinions on this company, and that's going to be reflective in a very volatile stock price. Please do your own due diligence. Don't simply imitate what we do because our personal opinion is just that. It's our personal opinion. What we do should not just simply be what you do as well. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. I think that's fair. End of rant. Just as a refresher, Air Test Systems is focused on the silicon carbide industry, next-gen semiconductor material that's been used in a variety of applications, including electric vehicles, solar panels, and data centers. Air's equipment is helping these silicon carbide chip makers to ensure that their chips are reliable and meet the high standards of this very demanding industry that they're being used in. That's right. Like Casey said, silicon carbide, next-gen semiconductive material, often used in very high-voltage applications, which is why this is almost a type of proxy for the electric vehicle market, because dealing with high voltages in things that have big batteries, high voltages in charging stations, and actually the voltages are going up increasingly on the rise. So multiple levers for air test systems to pull to continue its growth story. Further growth of EVs themselves, higher voltages uh, used in many applications, and 
as those two things kind of both propel SIC, you get a dual tailwind for a company like Air, which, by the way, we love this company. We really like management. We really like CEO Gain Erickson. Uh, a ton to learn listening in on management's quarterly conference calls. Now, we're not a breaking news source, so many of you probably have already seen the Q1 2023, which was the three months ending in August of this year. You've probably already seen those numbers, but we'll just do a brief recap. Air reported revenue of $20.6 million, which is up 93% year over year. Net income per share was $0.16, cents, up from $0.02 cents the same quarter last year. So the big question here, Casey, is why did Air Test Systems stock crash in recent months, given these really phenomenal results? Because those numbers you just rattled off are fantastic. So as impressive as they were, here's the issue, folks. And you can go back and see our recent updates on Air where we explain this. Many investors were not just hoping, but betting on an upgrade to full year guidance. So Casey, you just said 93% year over year growth in the last quarter, but the company is still expecting revenue growth of just about 54% for the full fiscal year, which ends next May, 2024 to about a hundred million in full year revenue. Basically what that implies is 93% revenue growth in Q1 if management thinks the full year result is only going to be 54% growth, come Q4 of this current fiscal year, air is going to be growing at a far slower pace than the 54% just, you know, cited for, for full year expectations. The same goes for net income. They remained steadfast in saying about at least 90% net income growth for fiscal 2024 to about 28 million. So again, based on the earnings per share that you just rattled off, two cents last year, 16 cents this year, you know, that's like 10,000 plus percent over your growth. Their growth rate is going to moderate considerably. A lot of investors were betting on an upgrade. And when management didn't provide an upgrade, uh, that helps explain some of the lackluster uh, response from the market. Air stock has fallen about 30% since the recent high in September, and there's a few reasons for this, as we've already started to talk about. Investors were disappointed that Air didn't raise the guidance, and overall, the semiconductor market has been really volatile in recent months. But there is one more thing that investors are probably worried about, and that's the valuation for Air. Nick, what's the valuation? As of this recording, we'll just show a stock chart here from just not just the recent months where we have the 30% pullback from the peaks, but just the last few days, the stock was like well over 40, then it tanked to as low as under 36 after the earnings report. Then yesterday it shot back up over 42 again. And as of this recording, we're back under $40 per share. As of right now, we're just shy of $40 per share as we record this, which means Air is valued at about 62 times trailing 12-month earnings per share. 
as we've stated in our past videos again, this puts air test systems in a league all by itself as far as valuation is concerned in the semiconductor manufacturing equipment space. This is a high valuation even for a hypergrowth business like air is. So the question is, is it time to buy air stock? Maybe you can just do a recap of our recent estimates and calls in our videos about air test systems. Yeah, over the last few months, we said that the stock in the high 40s, and then you briefly went even into the low 50s, 52-week high at just over 54 bucks per share. We thought that was unsustainably high given the information and the financial guidance we have right now. So it looks like the market, at least for the time being, agrees with us. We said something below 40 bucks per share is a more fair value. That doesn't mean it's cheap. That doesn't mean it's a good value. We just think it's now more closely aligned to what a fair value is based on what where we can see the business headed in the next year or two. That being said, even though it's more of a fair value, it's not cheap. So we think investors that are interested in purchasing air should be cautious, perhaps use a dollar cost average plan where you buy monthly or quarterly and keep that position very small. You know, this is just our philosophy on small cap stocks. We like holding a basket of about 25 small cap stocks and have the assumption that most of those are going to underperform the market. So if that's your assumption and you're only thinking one or two of your small cap bets really, really incredibly outperforms the market over the long term and makes up for the other duds that you have. As great as the story may be for air, this is a small cap keeping that position as a small, small, small percentage of your portfolio, we think probably makes sense for most retail investors out there. There's a lot of reasons out there as to why you should buy air stock. Now, let's consider three reasons it might be risky to purchase this stock. Nick, what's the first one? Before we delve into that first reason, yeah, I think just reiterate that again, Casey. What will you find lots of out there on the internet. So many reasons to buy air test system stock. Yeah. And we really like this company. Okay. Our rattling off the risks here is in no way indicative of us not liking this business and its CEO, Gain Erickson. Okay. So the first risk that we think you should be aware of, we don't know just how many silicon carbide devices will need full burn in. If you don't know what burn in is, Again, we have past videos on this process, but basically think of burn-in as like aging of wine. If you want to be sure that the wine is going to be good when you uncork it, you age it. Burn-in is kind of like an accelerated aging process, let's say, for chips. Not only does it weed out bad silicon carbide devices, but it also gets them ready for deployment in a final product like an EV, an electric vehicle. Okay, so there's some debate about this. There's some great info on the last Air earnings call where Ericsson talks about some recent industry events where they talk to automakers in particular about the need to burn in your silicon carbide devices. There are a lot of automakers choosing to, in Ericsson's words, roll the dice with their silicon carbide devices. They're using other methods to weed out 
bad silicon carbide chips other than burning them in. I think there's a good example of this, Casey, that illustrates this point, right? ST Micro has been supplying Tesla chips since 2017, but they're still a very small customer of air. And we're talking about Tesla, one of the biggest EV makers. So obviously they're not testing with burn-in on all of their silicon carbide chips. And I thought it was kind of funny. CEO Gain Erickson mentioned that he would never drive a vehicle that did not get their t chips tested with burn-in equipment. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I have no idea. He didn't mention what kind of car he drives, but just an interesting thing as Nick brought out, not all silicon carbide chips require burn-in. Yeah, right. So basically, long story short, many automakers are going to choose to not burn in all of their silicon carbide chips so they're not all going to become air test system customers and frankly many silicon carbide chips are not going to be in mission critical applications so maybe some silicon carbide chips used in like the traction inverter in an electric vehicle maybe you want those burnt in but then other silicon carbide chips like those for a, a charging station not so mission critical Maybe not so expensive to repair if the silicon carbide device fails early. Interesting. I think it also speaks a little bit to some of these different silicon carbide manufacturers' business strategy. So on one hand, we have ST Micro, like you said, Casey, supplying Tesla for quite a few years now, a very small air test systems customer. And then on the other hand, you have On Semiconductor, ticker symbol ON, one of our favorites that we own that's actually fully embraced air test systems burn-in equipment. They're still Air's biggest customer by a long shot, 88% of revenue in the last quarter. This also gives us some insight into some of the manufacturers of these devices, of these silicon carbide chips, and maybe can help you understand maybe who the highest quality producers are, who the lower cost manufacturers are, and maybe that helps guide your decision-making in which stocks you invest in on the manufacturers themselves. So that's risk number one, which, mm -hmm. sorry, we took a bit of time on that. Risk number two, Casey, what's that? Ultimately, it's about competition. Will a competitor devise a competing burn-in system? Several competitors have test systems that lack the same level of efficiency as air systems, but no doubt they're working on something. Competitors include Teradyne and Form Factor is also a top probe card competitor. Yeah, we don't mean to oversimplify Air's burn-in equipment because it's not exactly the same thing, but the technology itself works similar to just a good old-fashioned probe card that's basically where a plate makes contact with the wafer and electrical current goes through it, and it's a way for the company to test how many good chips are in that wafer. Yeah. So there's, again, no one else really in the burn-in market quite the same way as Air is. We won't call this a monopoly, but it's monopoly-like, which means, you know, eventually there could be someone that comes in and we know how the market tends to react sometimes when they think, hey, my investment is suddenly not a monopoly anymore. Maybe I should be worried. So that's a risk as well. We have one more risk here. Risk number three, management seems to think shares are a pretty steep value as well and are thus 
willing to use the stock as a, a, a way to raise more cash. This is a small cap business. Not so long ago, this was like a micro cap stock. No one knew what this was. It's been a long haul for Gain Erickson since he came on board in 2012 to get the company at, to this point. It's still tiny. They don't have a ton of cash on the balance sheet. And the last thing you want is to get squashed by competitors. And so you raise cash sometimes and you use your stock as a type of currency to do that. So they did mention their ATM or at the market program on the last call and said that they're probably going to continue to tap that. Maybe raising, I think it was 17 million uh -huh. was thrown out there as the potential cash raise. What this is, they, they issue and sell stock on the open market and get cash in return. So a company willing to do that it tends to think that its stock is at an elevated premium and the cash is more valuable to them than perhaps using cash flows to repurchase. Stock. I think that's one way to look at this. The other way, of course, is I just said, Casey, the company's tiny. Of course, we assume that a high growth small business like this is going to think that a better return on capital is in issuing cash to invest in new projects versus repurchasing stock. Maybe it's no big deal at all, but I think it's still worth mentioning here. Valuation, obviously very high, perhaps even in the minds of Ericsson and, and the C-suite. Overall, Air is a high growth company with a lot of potential that we really like. Silicon Photonics or the original use case per a DARPA grant in 2001 memory chip testing and burn-in. However, it's just important to be aware of all these risks involved before you get invested in air test systems. And I'll just I'll reiterate one more time, folks, because I know everyone's interested in what we're doing. Please don't simply imitate what we're doing. We're just spelling out some of the risks that we see. But based on our research and the risks involved, we're actually not changing our fair value estimate using a a reverse discount cash flow methodology, we still think about 35 bucks per share is closer to fair value. It may or may not get there. If we did see a dip down to the $35 range or below the $35 range, we're probably buying again. And hopefully we do it quickly enough that we don't miss it like we had in the past. At any rate, that's, you know, if you're curious, that's what we're seeing. Okay, on to TSMC. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing. TSMC has been a major disappointment for investors in recent months as its stock price has fallen by around 40% from its peak a couple years ago. This is largely due to a downturn in the semiconductor industry, which has been hit by a number of factors, including a slowdown for demand in consumer electronics and rising inflation. However, some investors are now starting to see TSM as a good value buy. The company is still expected to generate billions of dollars in profits this year and is well positioned to benefit from long-term trends such as the growth of artificial intelligence and cloud computing. But the big hurdle in front of Taiwan Semi right now to get it over the hump is the downturn it's in. It's interesting, Casey, you know, the stock has moved at the end of the day, mostly sideways for the last couple of years now. Chart here showing that, but it's interesting. The market picked up on what it thought was going to be a downturn for TSMC. 
couple of years ago. The downturn never came until just recently this year. Uh, many of its customers got hit with the downturn starting in 2022. Now the downturn has come from TSMC. And so now let's pivot to this, this chart that we made. Casey showing the company's monthly sales breakdown for Q3 2023. That's July, August, and September. So we have this presented primarily in new Taiwanese dollars. That's primarily how TSMC reports, because of course they're based in Taiwan. And then US dollars just beside that. And then the year-over-year -year decline in those sales, again, in new Taiwanese dollars, not in US dollars, because we want a, a better reading here, ex excluding currency exchange rate effects. So all in Taiwanese dollars, you can see the cadence of declines, negative 5% year-over-year in July, negative 14% year-over-year in August, and as was just recently reported here a few days ago, as of this recording, negative 13% year-over-year decline in September. So based on this recent performance, TSMC's estimate of a 10% decline in full year sales is now looking much more likely. Earnings per share are also expected to fall by a slightly greater amount as TSMC loses some manufacturing efficiency due to lower activity on its production lines. It appears that leading generative AI systems from customer NVIDIA are having a limited impact on weakness elsewhere, as is the hype surrounding customers like Apple with its iPhone 15 and other tech device updates. Again, well, like you mentioned, Casey, a lot of weakness in consumer electronic uh, purchasing, especially in the Android ecosystem wearable devices, smart home devices, and then more recently also a downturn in cloud computing infrastructure, of course, minus the generative AI boom that NVIDIA is gobbling up. So that's the present situation. Management reiterated on the last call that they think they're back in growth mode in 2024. So that's the big question. Do we buy the dip now before an expected rebound in 2024? And I think this ultimately comes down to your goals, your risk tolerance, because what could happen in the short term, Casey? There could be a lot of volatility for TSM in the short term. But as you mentioned, the company has a strong track record of innovation and execution. So it's well positioned to benefit from the long term growth of the semiconductor industry. But it's the short term volatility that could definitely turn off some investors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a few things to consider here. Again, this is what we're personally considering. If you've been along with us on this journey for a while, you know that we are not TSMC shareholders at this point. We have largely opted to invest in semiconductor manufacturing equipment like air test systems, but primarily the Fab Five, ASML, Applied Materials, ticker symbol AMAT, Tokyo Electron is the only one we don't own. That is in the U.S. and over-the-counter, ticker T-O-E-L-Y. And then the fifth one, KLA Core or CLAC, K-L-A-C. So three things to consider. The semiconductor industry is cyclical. There are periods of strong growth followed by periods of weakness. TSMC obviously in one of those periods of weakness. 
and we don't know when that cycle is going to turn. Again, management has said it's going to be in 2024, but we don't know exactly when in 2024. And the market may hyper-focus on that for a couple more quarters at least. The second risk, I would argue, is probably the biggest risk, and it's geopolitical. China claims Taiwan as its own territory, and there's always a risk that China could invade Taiwan in the future. This would be a major disruption to the global semiconductor supply chain, and it could have a significant impact on TSMC's business. I tend to downplay this risk a bit, but I think it's worth mentioning, though, Casey, you know, the valuation on TSMC currently about 15 times trailing 12-month earnings. A couple of years ago, this stock traded for like over 40 times trailing 12-month earnings. As the market has become increasingly aware of geopolitical risk, I think that's why the premium has been removed from TSMC stock. Again, I write this awful lot as something that's hyper-focused on, and I don't think China will invade Taiwan, at least not anytime in the immediate future. You make a good point, Casey. I think this is why the premium on this manufacturing powerhouse has basically been removed. Okay, final risk. What's the final risk? TSMC is already a very mature company. It's difficult to find high growth opportunities for a company that is already the largest chip maker in the world. However, TSMC is investing in new technologies such as AI and cloud computing, and these technologies could drive future growth for TSM. And there has been a lot of emphasis on competition with Intel. We think both companies can thrive side by side. Many tech writers do focus on the competition and can imply that this will be a winner-takes-all or winner-takes-most situation like in the past. Focus instead on the business model and return on investment for TSM and Intel INTC. And as of right now, TSM has best-in-class return on investment and Intel has zero. Yeah, it's if we're going to buy a chip manufacturer, a big chip manufacturer like TSM, as the Main Street data chart we showed, both of these companies haul in north of $10 billion each quarter in revenue. We're obviously picking TSM for that ROIC track record over the last year. Intel still has an uphill battle ahead of it. If they start generating positive return on investment from this bid that they're making to become the world's second third-party chip foundry, we think it's going to take a few years for that to pay off. Intel is going to be burning through a lot more cash in the next couple of years. So we'll let you know when we're ready to buy TSM. We're personally still waiting and testing the waters. We think that there's there possibly could be some more volatility ahead, but it's on our watch list. Thanks for watching. Today we covered air test systems and some updates from Taiwan Semiconductor. Make sure once again you hit that subscribe button and enable notifications so that you don't miss a video from us at Chipstock Investor. Nick, what do we have coming up soon? We have a couple more videos lined up that we want to do before earnings season starts again in earnest. We hope some educational content on the industry, how it works, what we look for in stocks that we invest in, as well as our website that we've mentioned. We think it's getting close 
to being ready. We've been working on a type of index to help organize all of our content by company. And we hope that helps you either filter through what you're looking for a lot easier. That way, when you comment in the comment section, you can hit us up with questions instead of asking us where to find uh, a video. And I guess maybe one other final announcement as well. We would like to do a viewer mailbag session. So if you do have questions for us that you would like us to answer, hit us up in the comments with your question. Or if you prefer, you could also send us an audio clip. And, and perhaps the best way to do that at this point is via Twitter, hit us with a direct message there, either a question or an audio file that we can include in one of our upcoming videos. Or you can send us an email with your question or an audio link that we can include in a future episode where we address questions. You can send us an, an email at chipstockinvestor at gmail.com. Thanks for putting up with our audio and video quality here at Chipstock Investor. We are still on the road and we appreciate you guys watching. See you all soon.